16 to 1, a podcast about education, teaching, and learning. Happy 2021. It's not 2020 anymore. <laughs> I never thought I'd be able to say that. I'm so happy it's not 2020 anymore. I'm thrilled it's not. So far, it's yeah. been pretty, pretty well. How's your year? Uh, it's going great so far. I forgot how long that year was. It was it was both the longest and the shortest year because there was no time in 2020. Time <laughs> ceased to exist. There was no time. Yeah. So I realize that people are kind of divided on the, the idea of New Year's resolutions. Are you a pro or oh, anti? You're bringing politics into it already. I just episode one of the new year. Yeah. Hmm. Do you like them? Do you hate I, them? I, I don't think I like anything anymore. Oh. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it is the year of our Lord, 2021. Um. Hmm. Most years, yes. Yes, what? You do like them? I support it. You support them. Because I don't think people always have time to be with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think after last year, we've all been a little too much with ourselves. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) So I think we can all use some distance from our our person. I, uh, I, I'm making one and it's just one. Okay. And it'll kind of be fun. I mean, I, I, so I'm a web developer and, uh usually developers have one million side projects that never get turned into anything real and i really don't have one million of them but i do have one idea for a side project and my uh my resolution is to try to turn that into an actual live like production project that's great yeah um the idea is to just like you know, I, make a little side money to, to pay like, for the podcast yes side yeah. money is yeah. good i i have some questions though okay um so I, Katie, normally do the, like, bones of our notes, Mm -hmm. and then I just copy and paste, copy and paste, magic, 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 Mm -hmm. and then give it to you. Mm -hmm. So you really got me down here, and we're like, let's record, and then I open up the notes that I haven't had open in, like, I don't know, 12 hours, and all of a sudden, there's just a blank beside my name, and I'm supposed to have a New Year's resolution. Well, you know, I was going to tell you about it. (laughs) But then I'm offended. You were in the bathroom while I was going to tell you. <laughs> and then I forgot to tell yeah. you. Okay. So you don't have to have one. No. You can think on it through the episode no, no, and then no. come back at the end and I tell us. I think um, I'm going to keep it very real for this resolution. Okay. Survive. That's it. That's all. That's all. That's all she got. That's yeah. Because we can apply that in a lot of ways. Okay. And then I'm a guaranteed success. Okay. At the end of the year. Okay. Regardless of what it was. Cool. Did you have one last year? Probably. I wonder what it was. I don't remember. I'm sure it didn't okay, work. So my other problem with resolutions and why they become problematic for me is that I make too many of them and I can't remember them and then it's just mm. not. I think sure. I said I wanted to write more in my blog, oh. which I did not really do. You did some. I did. In the beginning. So I started out the year strong before COVID. I was like going along. And you know, you had, had all the time. Every couple of weeks. Then with all the time in the world, there I was didn't no do time. any writing. Yeah, there was right? no time. Hmm. Right. And then at the end of the year last year, I wrote a couple of posts. But I, I think... Mean, Maybe I'm going to try to watch less TV this year. Interesting. And I've never said that about myself, but I think we consumed a fair share of Netflix's 
property. We watch less TV than we watched in 2020. That should be an easy one to accomplish. I'm just like I said. I'm just trying to cover my bases. I want this year to be a success for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm doing it. Good. Good. So what are we talking about this week? Procrastination. Procrastination. That thing that we all do, that we all love to love. I learned a lot this week. We well, it's been a break, so a month, but I've still I've learned a lot. This this was interesting to me. Researching about procrastination, yeah, because uh, I've never intentionally learned about it. Because, well, because why? Because if you don't know, it can't hurt you. <laughs> well, also, I'm probably procrastinating learning about it. So here I am forced uh-huh. to. Uh huh. And I did it. Yeah. And it's everything I thought it was. Is it? Mostly. Is it even more than you thought? It was? It's less. Oh. I do so little. <laughs> you do so little. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. Well, okay, to be fair, though, between the two of us, you are the procrastinator. Okay, yeah, well, I mean, I think probably that's a fair assessment. However, I looked up some, uh, I found some stuff about procrastination during my research that suggests that it's not always all bad. And I feel like I maybe no. fit in this camp, and no. we can talk about it. I but. don't, I would agree with that. But I just think if, if one of us is going to procrastinate, oh, yeah, it's it is going, it's absolutely me. It is you. Yeah, that's all I meant. Um, you have some stuff about the etymology of this word. Um, I do. Where'd Normally, you get that? what'd you find? A New York Times article. Oh, cool. I should probably. I got like all of my information from this really, really awesome New York Times article. It is by Charlotte Lieberman from March of 2019, so okay. pre-pandemic. So I just thought we would start with this because normally this is the kind of thing you enjoy. Hmm. So. You're right. I was so surprised. I was like, oh. Well, why don't you take it? Because this is more... No, 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 no. no. I don't speak. I want to mark, mark this momentous occasion. Um, etymologically... Yes. How am I doing so Great. Far? You're doing Good. great. Okay. Procrastination is derived from the Latin verb procrastinare. Procrastinare, maybe? I didn't take it. Just because you're holding a glass of scotch while saying it doesn't mean that you are the supreme ruler of the Latin term No, I didn't take any Latin. I don't know any Latin. I can kind Um, of piece together a little bit of Latin, but that's it. But I don't know how to say it. Procrastinare? Sure. Maybe? Means to put off until tomorrow. But as we all know, procrastination is more than just voluntarily delaying something. Yeah. Um, It's also derived from the ancient Greek word... Acrasia, maybe? Sure. Or acrasia. And sure. this is where I line because it's that means to do something against our better judgment. And that's how I view procrastination. Yeah. Like, that's where I like, I understand that we put it off, right? Like, <laughs> literally. But my feelings about procrastination are definitely more, is that, or definitely more aligned with it being against my better judgment to do so. That's really interesting. I This wor- word probably comes up, I remember in some of my early classes in college and philosophy we would talk about uh, philosophers would discuss whether or not anybody would ever intentionally do something that they didn't think was in their own best interest yes so this is kind of i mean philosophers philosophers generally at that point would say no you don't ever do something that's not in your own best interest so even they would say something like well if you procrastinate that's because one way or another, you think that it's what's best for you at that point in time. Oh. But this concept is actually something like, well, I I'm doing disagree it with even that. though it's bad for me. I, I'm doing it. Whenever I sit in my bowl of procrastination, I know it's not what's good. Your bowl? It comes in a bowl? <laughs> when I plop myself it into it. It comes in pints. <laughs> uh, you would be eating it by the gallon if so. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, so okay. 
basically I started it with like why do we procrastinate Mm -hmm. so like what are we doing Mm -hmm. and so it's not a character flaw or some mysterious curse um or you know it's not like I guess reflective of your ability to manage time which I think is interesting because I've always approached it as like I'm not doing the most with my time Mm -hmm. right like I've put it on myself well that's what the guilt makes you feel like at least yeah but it feels like you're just bad at managing time so it's actually a way to cope with your boredom, anxiety, insecurities, your frustration, your resentment, yourself. To, okay, all of these things that That's we all have. Things. Well, we all have these things. So it's this like it's this intermediary between yourself yeah. and all of those feelings. Yeah. Okay. So this article um, had a quote from a psychologist, Dr. Hal Her- Hirschfield, a professor of marketing at UCLA Anderson School of Management, and he was quoted in this article, and he said. We really weren't designed to think ahead into the further future because we needed to focus on providing for ourselves in the here and now. So we're talking like survival of the fittest, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like this was not something that humans were wired to do. So he's talking about just sort of like our brain chemistry doesn't set us up that way. We were not built for this kind of thing, essentially. We weren't built to not procrastinate. It sounds like he's saying we were built to delay things that are not necessary right now just essentially that i i understood it more as i suppose i am doing these things right now because these are the things i have to do to survive mm-hmm. against whatever mm-hmm. i'm dealing with yeah so, so I, like whatever is i'm not gonna yeah to do that. exactly gotcha so dr hirschfield's research has shown that on a neural level we perceive our future selves more like strangers than this part of ourselves and this is actually so me how many times have i said future katie can deal with this yeah <laughs> I actually laughed out loud when I I think one of your favorite things to say is this is a problem for future Katie. (laughs) We were putting like Christmas decorations, do you remember? And I was doing like really, really good work. Like I was organizing, I was categorizing. I was like, hey, what do you want to do with this? The last tote. (laughs) The last tote is like one of everything that was left over. Yeah, it's the random, (laughs) the random box of random bits. Um, And that's how I feel. Problem for future Katie. Yes, later Katie will deal with it. Later Kate. <laughs> okay. This is really resonating. Oh my gosh. It like, yeah, I was pretty upset when I read that because I was like. That's a pretty interesting concept though, that you think of, you think of your future self as someone other than you. Like your well, brain thinks of your future self like it's another person yeah, I outside mean, of yourself. When I say it, I like intentionally mean that some future version of me will have to handle it. Mm-hmm. It will not be me. Mm-hmm. It'll be that Katie. Far off yeah. Katie. This gets into some interesting theory of time and perception of time. Um, so yeah. our, this is our future self that okay. we're talking about, okay. not this person here. Okay. okay. So when we procrastinate, parts of our brains actually think that the task we're putting off and the accompanying negative feelings that await us on the other side are somebody else's problem. So like that's yeah. the whole thing. Okay. Uh, it's not me. It's future me. Yes. This is not the same person. But this article also said that we're even less able to make thoughtful future-oriented decisions in the midst of stress. Hello. Um, you okay? Yeah. When faced with a task that makes us feel anxious or insecure, the amygdala, which is our threat detector part of our brain, perceives the task as a genuine threat. So... I mean, it is. We intellectually recognize that putting off the task will create more stress for ourselves, and our brains are still wired to be more concerned with removing the threat in the presence. <laughs> and so researchers call that the amygdala hijack, which I love because that's what's happening. I experience this quite frequently. My amygdala well, is not my own. How great that your brain is like, no danger. And then two minutes later, you're like, oh, that's going to be me that has to deal with it. But this is danger. Mm-hmm. Basically. Mm-hmm. Anyways. 
Yeah, I found sort of along these lines, you're kind of talking about the reasons that kind of get in the middle ground between you and the thing you have to do. Just sort of some of those things like you know, anxiety. Uh, I was looking up stuff about perfectionism being mm. a cause of procrastination or at least somehow tied up in it. It's kind of hard to sort all this stuff out, particularly when you have to deal with brain science, but also the sort of, you know, psychology and philosophy of these problems is not easy to sort out. So, but yeah, I was, I was just researching how, because I was just thinking about why do I procrastinate so much? Because you're right. I think between the two of us, even though you're strongly identifying with some of these things, I think between the two of us, I'm more likely to procrastinate more frequently. And a lot of that, part of the reason I have my, uh, my new year's resolution to be what it is is because part of the reason I haven't worked on this one side project that's actually a somewhat somewhat baked idea is that I'm like oh well I can't it won't be perfect if I don't you know do this this or this I like I I don't know how to do this part so I can't I can't get started on it because I don't know missing pieces so I think perfectionism about that idea is definitely getting in my way of making it real so yeah so my new year's resolution is topical it is yeah and then i guess this is what i was talking about earlier but i looked up like whether it's always measurably bad to procrastinate generally people think of procrastination as a bad thing but i was you prompted us to ask ourselves when we had procrastinated and it turned out not so great for us and i I was just thinking about the flip side of that the times that i procrastinated that maybe had benefited me for whatever Mm. reason can't think of a single one well uh, they, they exist. So <laughs> I did find some research that said that there's apparently it's a small subset of researchers that believe this or propose this or whatever, yeah. but they say that not all procrastination behaviors are harmful or lead to negative outcomes. Um, there's this 2005 study from Seoul Nas- National University in South Korea. They differentiate between two types of procrastinators, passive procrastinators who postpone tasks until the last minute because of an inability to act in a timely manner mm. and active procrastinators who okay. prefer the time pressure and purposely decide to delay a task but are still able to complete mm-hmm. tasks before deadlines and achieve satisfactory outcomes i have both of those types of students in my class so i could yeah. i could agree with that i absolutely do this active procrastination thing and i'm kind of leads into what you ask us to come up with some examples of when we procrastinated one of the examples that i have is every year i have to write or arrange a piece of christmas music and i have to do it by a certain time so i can get it to the other performers and every year i sit down and just i usually wait till the last possible acceptable socially acceptable minute and i sit down and i crank out the thing in a matter of a couple hours and that is the the crunch time like the fact that I get up my back up against the wall and say I can't wait on this anymore is the thing that produces a relatively good product, you know, in my okay, creative process. Okay, so the question process. is though, mm-hmm. if you didn't do that, would it be a better product? No, because I've not done it before. I started early and then I just noodle around and I delete things and I start over about 50 times because of the perfectionism thing. Mm-hmm. So sure. I my perfectionism gets so much in the way that I have to yes. just wait and then say, you know what, you can't. But be I think a that there are people anymore. that could say oh, the sure. quality of my work is directly impacted by the, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's true, but I think just in my case, at least with regard to this example. But it's, there it's are other examples, you. like you know, there are other examples that I listed because you asked me to, so I could embarrass myself on the podcast. Literally, right now. Happy New Year. I put off working because it was the holiday and I wanted to enjoy the holiday. So I'm behind on work right now. I procrastinated. Yeah, writing my senior paper in college, I did a little bit all along and then did 
a huge bulk of it at the very last minute. Same kind of thing where I felt like, okay, if I noodle around with this forever, it's never going to be done. And Noodle. Anytime I have to interact with bureaucracy, oh my gosh, I get so stressed. Like... I had to do a whole bunch of bureaucratic crap recently because I moved. So I had to get a new driver's license. I had to get new insurance. I had to do banking, switching my address, money stuff, credit stuff, anything vaguely medical. Get that all away from me. Just the stress of dealing with bureaucracy makes me put it off forever and ever and ever. Um, you especially are very affected oh, by that. Oh, I am that. so <laughs> anti all of that. I am so averse to that kind of... I don't know why it is, but it's just, it really stresses me yeah, out. It doesn't um, sit well with you. As a tech person, this one is very bad for me, but I put off operating system updates for a really long time. I procrastinate in installing operating system updates. And a lot of that is because if stuff stops working because of a bad OS update, I can't do my job mm -hmm. for sometimes days at a time. So I have to wait it out and be like, okay, is everybody coming to a consensus that there's no major issue with this release before I can update? But sometimes that just goes on for months and then here you are. Sure. Yeah. So what about you? I want to put you in the hot seat. Lord. Um, well. Tell me. A, a little bit like you. Like, definitely in college, there was a test that I, whatever, pulled an all-nighter for, and I just shouldn't have. And that was on me. Not great results there. Um, <laughs> was there an expected outcome from that procrastination? <laughs> the expected outcome was the actualized outcome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what you mm -hmm. mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It went mm -hmm. as I thought it would. Um, mm -hmm. That was a bummer. Uh, I had on my list every other week on the pod, question mark. Yeah, we've gotten into a habit of procrastinating in terms of research and episode prep and stuff. For example, I ordered some organizational things from my closet. So yesterday evening, I was like, I'm going to work on these notes. And then like halfway through, I got up and reorganized the closet because I had new organizational things yeah you use household organization as a catch-all for all of your stress and anxiety that's what happened during right when we got put into quarantine i was like Whoa. we reorganized the garage the kitchen <laughs> the basement all of the basement closets, all of the closets. everything <laughs> the first two weeks of the quarantine and then like the pandemic and then we didn't have anything more to organize so we let it read in the backyard stew for yes then we re then we completely redid the backyard we moved paving stones we put new mulch I just, down i built gar the, the yeah, raised beds. beds that was all part of procrastinating yeah really. it really was um that's how it manifests for me which is sometimes helpful but then it also manifests in the exact same way so like at the end of every school year when i should be doing i don't know finals or something like that that's like the day that i reorganize my desk mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i'm about to pack it up but it's gonna be very well organized mm -hmm. when I leave. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those are some things I do. The other thing that I do at work is, in the state of Ohio, we have to do our like formalized um, observations, right? So for our observation cycles, we have to do a pre-conference. We get this list of questions. We have to type up these answers and meet with our administration about what they're gonna see in this lesson. Blech. And it takes, like, I mean, I don't have to answer as many questions this year as in the past, but it would take multiple hours to, like, answer these questions. And I would always, always just procrastinate on them. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because even when it was done, it didn't feel good. Yeah. I uh, have never liked annual reviews at work for the same reason. I don't think, 
doing a thing once a year is well, very helpful to employee happiness it's always or growth not as good as it could be right yeah. like none of us are doing peak work ever so like you're never gonna leave it being like wow what a great year you're always gonna be leaving like what do i do next year that's better but i think so this, that kind of thing i mean to your credit i think that kind of thing is standing in opposition to the way our minds are intended to work like an annual review that is so freaking stressful the whole thing is set up to make you want to avoid it and to not want to think about it and to not want to take whatever feedback you might have seriously I, for, at least for me i i like the idea of collaborating with my colleagues and with leaders and bosses and getting better at what i do like all of that is completely fine by me the idea of a formalized once a year review where you talk about how you failed in various ways you can see my perfectionism issue is, is surfacing again but that's just not appealing to me and i don't think i don't think the mind is really set up to best receive feedback that way mm -hmm. or at least mine isn't no but anyway i'm not either yeah but i always procrastinate on that but in my head i know it's because i don't get anything out of it i mean i do but i don't you know mm -hmm. so i definitely am motivated in those ways you know to or <laughs> my levels of procrastination are definitely dependent on w what the outcome will be as far as what it does to me yeah um and in like that case like i said like these pre-conference questions they're never rewarding to me so i never want to do them mm -hmm. so anyways yeah. Also, not to say that I can't, you know, look in and be reflective about what I'm doing, but just mm -hmm. in such a, you know, excruciating way is my complaint. Because mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. you're being a good teacher, you're already analyzing what you do. I don't have to fill out a form. So. Sure. Anyways. Yeah. So how's it affect school? Yeah. So a lot of times we see stereotypes develop that have that sort of link procrastination with laziness and... You know, it's easy to assume that some kid who's procrastinating is doing it because they're irresponsible or unfocused or immature. But it's, you know, the research out there suggests that it's never simple laziness, even if it seems that way. I think, you know, I found a, one of these articles that said it was kind of like a retired guidance counselor was talking about her experience. And she was saying that most kids are kind of in the middle-ish about this sort of problem but sure. maybe 15 percent of kids have a plan and they're ready and they don't need to be encouraged when it comes to procrastination 15 percent so and then you've got about a quarter of them that need to be reminded and pestered and pestered again and then there are hardcore procrastinators and they she says they tend to fall into two camps this lady's name is mary Frances fitzgerald and we'll link to that article in the notes but she said hardcore procrastinators fall into two camps uh, some students just aren't ready those students often do well to take a year or two or three to explore the work and world and decide what they're really looking for. And then on the flip side, you've got students who have so many choices that they have mm -hmm. a hard time choosing something. So this was kind of in the context of choosing what to do after school and what that has to do with procrastination. So just having a, a wealth of choices sometimes causes you to not know what path to That's move real. forward. If that, well, yep. I mean, but think, like, we do that. Mm -hmm. like even in the simplest things like how many things do we want to watch on tv right now and how hard of a time do we have deciding on one of those things yeah i have too many options yeah They're so i mean this is not to you know make a joke out of this but i see my kids go through this because it is so overwhelming to go through some of these processes like choosing a college but right i'm no better here on the couch when the stakes are very low <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, she was in the same uh, this lady was saying that these students operate under a myth that if they choose 
something and change their mind later that that's a failure. Yeah. I think I definitely felt that way. Oh, 100%. Especially about choosing a college, uh, but also about, you know, I feel that way a lot of times. Like, okay, if I choose something and it turns out to be... I never Not felt that way, though, because of what my parents made me feel. It was what I'd put on myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was totally self-motivated. Like, my parents would have been like, oh, good, you figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I would have been like, but why didn't I figure it out sooner? <laughs> but what if it's wrong? But what if I don't? But what about? I mean, yeah. I this is kind of, I still feel this fear just even about my career. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm kind of a generalist and I kind of intentionally stay that way. You know, I don't. I don't do one thing and do it well like everybody tells you you're supposed to do. I, I like to have my hands in a lot of things because I don't I don't want to box myself in. Right. But also that has to do with fearing that I, you know, going to have made the wrong choice when I get to the other side of it. So, yeah, totally understand that. It's like that. It be like that sometimes. It really do be. It do be. I think that one of the things that I found with procrastination that made me start to maybe keep myself a little bit more in check was like it really can do harm to you like mm-hmm. aside from like the general horrible feeling of knowing that something is weighing on you which is enough for me to want to do it but it actually has really or can have really destructive effects on your mental and physical health and so we're talking like chronic stress generalized uh psycho Oh, wait. General psychological distress, low life satisfaction, symptoms of depression and anxiety, poor health behaviors, chronic illness, hypertension. Like, like it's not just, it's really not just as simple as putting stress on ourselves, right? Like, to, oh, I'll just do this later. But when you let these things add up and add up and add up, like, they can really take a toll on you. Like, yeah, and that's what I think is so scary. I mean, this kind of has to do with what we talked about when we did an episode on the effects of stress. Yeah. But it, to me, it, it motivates me a little bit to be not quite as bad about some of this stuff when I realize that it can physically impact me. You yeah. know, as long as it's just in my brain and I shouldn't think of mental health this way, but I just do, you know, it's wrong of me to do it, but I do. It's like, oh, if it's just in my brain, it's just my brain. My mind is broken. So what? Blah, blah, blah. But if I'm like going to develop heart disease because of my stress or procrastination, then it becomes in some ways I mean, obviously, it becomes more concrete because it's a physical effect. Sure, of this you can stuff. see it or you can feel it. Or, um, yeah, but really, we should be taking care of ourselves and treating our minds with the same level of respect that we treat our bodies. So that's true. Anyway, um, did you so, find anything about how to dig ourselves out? Yeah, of the procrastination so habit. The article was talking about some things that you can do, and I was actually kind of placing some of these things as. Things that I was learning growing up, I didn't realize that were like coping or like you know what I mean, like tips for it. I put for myself that I am someone who just wants to get stuff done. So like, yes, you are on the weekends. I want to get up and get it over with. So I don't have anything else for us the day. That's why you're always up so early on Saturdays. Yes. I'm just like, please just let me sleep forever. Because it could be over and I could be free of it. Mm-hmm. So like for some people, that's enough to get them moving for everyone. That's not the case. The one thing that I liked, and this was actually something my mom used to do, one of the recommendations was set an amount of time and make it, like, small, like, five or ten minutes just to, like, put towards something. So, like, Chelsea's been putting off, putting on, or um, renewing her passport. So, if we were going to do this in, like, real time. I didn't even realize you were keeping track of what I was procrastinating on, but yeah, you're right. Well, just because you always say, like, oh, I need to do this. Um, It's true. I've said that about seven times. what I should do is just set a ten-minute timer and be like, you need to just spend ten minutes figuring out what needs to happen and at the end of that 10 minutes then you've got an idea you gonna be my procrastination no mom? i'm not because you can take care of yourself but i just mean procrastination that. mom 
it's me <laughs> that's my job as a teacher too <laughs> but i my mom used to do this to me mm-hmm. when i was younger mm-hmm. so when i would be cleaning my room which i hated to do when i was little of course she'd be like five minutes go and it'd be like a race mm-hmm. and so that was like all i needed because then i could see how much i could do in five minutes and how much time i was wasting by just like sitting on my bed pouting uh-huh. so then we'd she'd check in like play the game she showed me what she got done and i'd show her what i got done you know she was really good at this stuff and then she'd be like okay seven minutes this time and then i'd you know but it was like a race to beat my mom, which That's I would cute. never do. That's but cute. it was also showing me like in these very quick, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It was just kind of cute. Mm-hmm. But as I was saying, I was like, oh, my gosh, she was doing this to me. I don't know if she knew that either. But mm-hmm. one of the things that like make a better, make it fun. So you get a little reward for doing something. So it might be like, OK, if we get this done by this time, we'll go to the pool. Like just things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if we hurry up and get this done before the rain comes, like I'm thinking of like mowing the yard because yeah. mowing the yard is something that I will be like, I'll do it tomorrow. I don't know why. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. If I can get my butt out the door, I'm happy to do it. But mm-hmm. it's like getting there. Not yeah. great. Yeah. The one thing it said, another thing it said, rather, is that you need to forgive yourself for procrastinating before. So it's basically like just because you set a precedent of doing it doesn't mean you need to keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, yeah. I found research that was talking about how irrational yes. thoughts can cause procrastination. And, it, and basically one of the main things it was talking about was how what they one example of an irrational thought is how past bad actions. So past procrastination. Yes. You think that, oh, so I did it in the past, that therefore my future is determined and yes. I'm just a procrastinator to keep doing and that's this. just what I do. So you can get into this kind of cause and effect, bad cycle of mm-hmm. perceived cause and effect that doesn't really exist. So it's kind of an irrational thought that keeps you in a pattern of procrastinating. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that, and maybe you feel this way too, but like now that I'm like thinking about it after reading this article, I've definitely, like my dad is a doer, like as soon as I got home from school, I did do my um, spelling words and my vocab. I did all my homework before I could do anything else. Mm-hmm. So, like, he is that way. And I think that's probably why I kind of have that mindset naturally. My mom would be like, oh, we'll do it later. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's definitely more like you in the terms of, like, it will get done, mm-hmm. but on my timeline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I definitely think that part of uh, maybe a fair share of the procrastination that you do or do not partake in is something you've just acquired as well. Sure. Um, not to blame it on someone else, but, you know, I think we're all a little bit of that from whoever was raising us anyways. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but like last for me, and this is not a motivator for Chelsea in the same way, but like, I just want to get it done because of how crappy I feel mm-hmm. by not doing it. Yeah. I think that's why I was thinking about the difference between the, like those two types of procrastinators I talked about, like the active and passive ones. So maybe you're more passive because this doesn't bother me as much. I mean, it does bother me to know, like, oh, I really got to get this done. Like, it weighs on me. Yeah. But not so much that I want to be like, I have to come home and get everything done every day. Mm. Like like you. Yes. Because you need to clear your mental space so you're not worrying about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, it's more like a, it is, it does feel more like a choice. Like, yeah, I'm procrastinating, but I'm doing it on purpose. Yeah. Because X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. you know. The reasons may or may not be justified, but yeah. it's more like it's a choice that I'm putting this off, not yeah. like a... I agree with that. So, yeah. But I also think part of it takes shape because of our work environments and, like, what kind of work you do and how you do it. Like, because mm-hmm. you've been working from home before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, you were already yes. doing that. 
So your routine has already been established because you are home. So like you can on some days probably get up and do laundry really quickly in between calls. You know, like those types of things. Yeah, working from but, home does have a big effect on all of this that we're talking about. Right. I think because it disrupts normal routines. I mean, having a kind of in-home office space or at least some sort of corner that you've dedicated to being your workspace helps with a lot of those kinds of things. I think I've talked about that before, but yeah. it, it's still it's still kind of hard because when you work from home, everything sort of bleeds together in terms yeah. of time. Well, it's a different sort of thing. But that's all I mean is like yeah. when I get home, I'm like, oh, I'm home. I've got to do this, this, and this. Well, you have a very clearly delineated day. You're like, I wake up at this time. I go to school from then to then. Yeah, and, and then I come I'm home. home yeah. And then these are my hours that I have in the evening. So you're, to do these things. Your yeah. day is absolutely more regimented and scheduled. Uh, and it makes more sense, I think, in my mind for you to be like, you know, for you to come home and have a list of stuff that you need to get yeah. through because it's like, well, I've only got X amount of hours before I have to sleep and wash, rinse, and, <laughs> and repeat. And do this again. You know, so ever, I think ever, it yeah. makes more sense when you're more time limited to be more mindful of when you get stuff done. Yeah. For me, being less time limited, that's kind of probably has to do with why I tend to just you're a little float more around loose in terms about it, of yeah. tasks I need to get done during any given day. Well, I think what's most important um, this episode is that we remember that we are not broken. We were not built to have to work in these ways, and so our brains are accommodating it, and not always in our best interest. Mm -hmm. And to be kind to yourself. Yeah. And to, you know what, if you procrastinate on that thing and it doesn't go well, then, like, fuel that fire next time to get it done sooner. And let it go. Let and it go. don't wake up on Saturday at 7 a.m. because your list is as long at me. Also, I remembered what future Katie has to deal with, and I'm kind of mad at old uh -oh. Katie right now, uh -oh. so uh -oh. I'm just going through that. I'm really sorry. It was the Christmas lights. I did not want to bundle them nicely. Do you remember? Ah, uh, yes. You said next year. <laughs> so you you put the future Katie is next year's Katie. I wanted to wrap She's up the so Christmas far lights. Off. <laughs> I wanted to bail them, basically, because I am a big christmas decorator let's just say i'm very into christmas decorating so i'm like when we put the lights back we have to wrap them around very tightly so that they don't tangle the tinsel you just chucked the tinsel you're like we don't need to put this back in anything <laughs> do we and i'm like ah it's just like you know giving me a panic attack and of all the things i've never seen you get whatever it was tinsel you literally got your tinsel in a tangle you you can't you can't just it's, toss tinsel. Well, it's right over there if you want to go. I'm going to wake up some night, and it's going to be like 3 a.m., and you're going to be unwinding it and redoing yep. it. You are correct. I can't wait. Because it's going to be a mess next year. So that's future who I Chelsea am. doesn't want to deal with a tinsel tangle. Well, future Katie's going to forget, probably, unless I would re-listen to this episode for yeah. some reason. But Okay. Yeah. Last, Last episode's question. Last episode it was a while ago because we took yeah, a break. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. It was like a month ago. It was a little, yeah. Okay. We skipped last year's question. Last year's question. <laughs> what was it? This holiday tradition's origin is unknown, but to this day, many people search their tree in hopes of finding this thought to be lucky veggie. Many believe it will bring a year of good fortune for the person who found it, and others use it as a way to figure out who gets open the first Christmas gift. So, what was that famous food item? pickle a christmas pickle a christmas pickle that's really funny i mean we i we were you were shopping on target online on the christmas ornament ornaments and i was like look there's a jalapeno it wasn't a jalapeno it was a pickle 
But then I was just like, I just I think I need it now that there's a pickle ornament and that I know about it. And then you got me the pickle ornament and it was really cute. So we have a Christmas pickle on we our do tree. Christmas pickle. And my aunt and uncle, we went to their house and they have a Christmas pickle. Yeah. So, you know, it's a thing. Get on our level. It's a thing. Get yourself a Christmas pickle. Or a holiday armadillo, whichever you prefer. <laughs> okay, this this episode's question. On this day, this is today, January 7th. Wait, that's when the episode comes out. On this day, January 7th, when the episode comes out, in 1800, the 13th U.S. President Millard Fillmore was born. Fillmore was not a popular president, but made his mark by being one of only four presidents to be a member of which political party? Figure it out. Write to us at hello at 1601.com. Come on, write in. Get your pencils out. Get your keyboard and email client out and write to us and say hello email client you can tweet at us we have a twitter account i don't update it very well i'm in charge of okay kate is in charge of all the rest of our social media i am in charge of our twitter account and the rest of our social media is so great and active and there's so many posts and meanwhile i forget to post like five episodes and i do it all in one day you forget that you're on the 16 to 1 podcast twitter and then you send me tweets in the middle of the day from that account from the school from our podcast i'm like oh my gosh somebody hacked it no yeah chelsea forgot i have that habit i have developed that habit strong boomer i have have like 17 twitter accounts so i gotta you know it's hard to keep track sometimes oh i'm just so popular no i'm not popular i'm just very involved in twitter which is not good for my mental health but there we go that's why you're procrastinating that's why I procrastinate. That's how I procrastinate. Twitter. Twitter and TikTok. You do consume more Twitter than most people. I consume a lot of Twitter. All right. What did you learn this week? Well, our what we learned are kind of complimentary. Yeah. I, and it has to do with how, how we procrastinate. Go ahead. I love TikTok. Yep. Same. <laughs> and I follow... I'm going to include her because she's really great. She's at Mommy Farmer, which is not a lot of who I am, but... At Mommy Farmer. You've watched her stuff. Yeah, she's cute. You're invested in them. Um, I didn't know that was her handle, though. That's yeah, she and her family, they have a farm, I think, in Kansas. And anyways... That's the only thing in Kansas, so that was... <laughs> her farm, that's it. Sorry. Um, Interstate 70 goes around it. Um... So, uh, her goats are having babies, long story short. Oh, and goat um, babies. They're so fuzzy. So she, like, you, I, like, know the animals' names, right? Because I, like, go along with them on their chores now on these TikTok videos. And so the other night, she was joking with one of the male goats. Because he was trying to procreate with his sister. Oh, that's unfortunate. And so she was making a joke, like, First so of all, so. that's your sister. Yeah. And also, she goes, you're a weather and I was like, okay, well, that must mean that like, he's... Like clouds and sunshine? Just W-E-T-H-E-R is the word. W-E-T-H-E-R. And I didn't know that that's what a castrated or fixed goat was called. Oh. That's a weather. Okay. He's so a it's weather. Like, isn't it like gelding if you're a horse? Sure. That kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, it's just like how... Yeah. So okay. he's um, unable to have children. So that's why he can be in the pen with all the lady goats. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, so he's called a weather. So I didn't know that. But working in southeastern Ohio, uh, you would be surprised how often I have to hear about goats. So uh-huh. now I'm well-versed. We get a lot of goat news. Yeah. Weather. Weather. Male. Oh, it's also the term used for sheep, apparently. Oh, I didn't even get that far. I just looked up the... A male sheep castrated before sexual maturity. Also a castrated male goat. Huh. That makes sense. Oh, 
knew? A weather. A weather. Interesting. Yeah. And at first I was like, did she say a leather? Like, leather. I, I've never heard that either. Mm-hmm. It was a weather. Huh. But um, if you're looking for some very wholesome, uh, calming TikTok content, which the world needs right now, at Mommy Farmer is where it's at. Yeah, she just goes around and says hello to all of her cute it, little farm She animals. really just records. She's just like, hi, her, how are you doing? Good yeah. morning. It's, it's just so cute. Morning. And like right now, not to give away, but like there's a possum that hangs out in the barn. It's very cute. Spoilers. So so the whole thing, like everyone's joking, like barn possum. Spoilers. It's like day 37 and it's like the possums like they think I'm a cat. Like, I really want to know. <laughs> I really want to know. So, I mean, having lived in big cities for some portion of my life, I think this is pretty interesting, but I'm curious to know what our podcast listeners who don't you know, have any connection to the rural United States. I want to know what they think about all of this. Well, yeah, we bring up weird quirks yeah. of being in Well, a we had like town. Deer Day and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Deer so, Day. So this is all very on brand for this. It and is. most of my students are in um, Future Farmers of America and they do like 4-H stuff. So I get like What's all... What's 4-H? 4-H is a community projects, sort of. It's a group that they're members of and they... Um, they might raise like steers or like whatever. What are the four H's anyway? Oh, uh, are they actually all H's? Let's think. Oh, I think so. Hospitality. <laughs> are you making this up? Humble. Are you just homemaking? Saying, are you just saying words? I'm starting with H's. What are the four H's? I pledge my head to clearer thinking, my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service, and my health to better living. Yeah, you're right. For my club, my community, it's my country, and my Clark world. It's from County, Ohio. Oh, really? It originated here? Springfield. In Ohio? In Ohio. Well, that's not surprising. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. I, I also learned something having to do with TikTok. I learned how to make a TikTok. I'd never made one before. I just had a blank, sad user account page, and now I have one weird TikTok that I made on my account page. So when I make it big someday, I think I have five views right now. But when I have 500,000 views, it's going to be really exciting. We're going to quit the podcast. We're going to quit the podcast and become TikTokers. TikTok content creators. No, but I just, you know, it was, real, I felt extremely boomery when I was using my phone last night to try to figure out how to make a TikTok because I'd never done it before. And I was yeah, just we like, were Googling what it. do these, bun- what do these buttons do? What is going to happen if I press this? How do I, what hashtags do I use? There's a lot of that going on. There was. It was fun. But yeah, I learned how to make a TikTok. So that, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. So starting 2021 off on the right foot. We are. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. All right. I think that's about a wrap. We will uh, We will see you in two weeks for a new episode. And thanks for, uh, thanks for sticking with us for a year. We've been doing this for a year. A whole year. A whole year. Hot diggity dog. A whole year of this podcast. So thanks for sticking with us. See you in two weeks. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks for supporting 16 to 1. We're trying to grow our audience, so please check us out at 16to1.com, all spelled out, and tell your friends about the show. On our website, you can find links to follow us on social media, an archive of all our old episodes, and a contact form where you can get in touch. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next show. It's recorded. I could send that to PETA.